sir. Oh, okay. Well, let me do this really quickly. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, thank you so much for joining me on this very special occasion. Philly is in the house. Philly is in the house. Philly is in the house. Today, I am joined by this good brother who I am privileged to call my friend, gentleman by the name of Toby Gaddison. Known mm. Toby for, for quite some time. And when I say that he is a consummate actor, I'm not just saying that because the brother is my friend. I'm saying that because this gentleman truly is a phenomenal actor. Um, and again, welcome to a conversation with my name is Floyd Marshall Jr. I am your humble host. Yeah. And I am really excited to talk to this, this brother today because he's he's done some things. He has an acting school. So we're going to touch on what it takes to break into this business of of mm. acting. But before we get to that. Yes, sir. As I was saying before we got live, so how how's the wife? Man, listen, my wife is doing amazing. Uh, we Beautiful. just celebrated seven years. Um, I, you know how I, right, so you know how like um, you you see people and they be like, I don't know what I could do if I, I didn't know if right. I could do this without my. Truly, you know what I mean. Yeah. This all of this is impossible if 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 I didn't have that level of you know support from the misses. It's everything. For sure. That's, so she, she's doing amazing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you yeah. know, it takes a special type of person to be connected to someone in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. It oh really man, you can't pay me being no single man out in this. <laughs> man. I, say, I say it all the time. It grounds you, man. Like, like, like it it, it protects you if you let it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If, you know, if you let it, because you know, I know, like in this industry, it's like an access to excess, right? Yeah. But uh, for me, and I know others like me, um, it's just it's grounding, man. It's 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 a it's a safe haven. You That's know what I mean? Because I'm not I'm not out there. Like I'd rather handle my business and then come home. Yeah, and 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 that's 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 a that's a beautiful thing, man. So congratulations yeah. on you. year seven, and hopefully. Uh, you know, looking forward to seven times seven times seven more and everything. Sorry. Cause we we coming up, me and my wife, we're coming up on year 35. Ooh. Yeah, bro. We got some time, man. Yeah. We got some time, man. We got some I got a lot got, to learn from y'all. Yeah, brother, we got decades, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's different when you can remember decades. But it is, but it is what but let's 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 get to this show. Yes, so, sir. ladies and gentlemen, let me let me give you guys a little background on who uh, Mr. Gaddison is. And this is something that I did not know until I read his bio. Uh, Toby Gaddison was born and raised in Washington, D.C. and later moved and finished high school in Philadelphia. And while there, he started training at the world-renowned Freedom Theater. A lot of people that I know went to that theater. Yeah. After high school, Toby went back to D.C. and attended the Howard University. One of my good friends graduated from there to you. study uh, music and business. Thereafter, Toby relocated to New Orleans and served as a program administrator for Love Clubs, lifting our valuable esteem, mm -hmm. a youth outreach program that was spread throughout several schools across the New Orleans area with several commercials and leading roles and plays that toured across the country. Mr. Gaddison landed roles in major movies, which include, but not limited to Ray, mm -hmm. The Dukes of Hazzard, Just My Love, Jerry Bruckheimer and Glory Road. And that's just a few things that mm -hmm. this brother has done. And it's interesting because I watched the clip from from the deuce of hazard with you and jessica simpson 
That's when I had my waves, Holmes. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, you know, I must say, sir, that um, I have to credit you on, you know, staying on book. Thank you. Because I saw that scene and I was like, you stayed on book. Wow. Because Jessica's kind of cute. So <laughs> I'm like, he stayed on book. You know, I was like, damn, okay. You know, they had a looking like, uh, you know, the uh, previous um, Miss Daisy Dukes. I said, okay, yeah, he did it. But that was, that was, that was a, that was a pretty good scene. So, yeah. so let's get started with this. So, Man, Mr. Gaddison, how did you get started in this business? Oh, uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think acting wise, uh, I'll, I'll give you the short version. Uh, shout out to my uh, good brother, Diesel. I was in New Orleans and I wasn't acting at first. I acted in high school, like a junior high school or whatever, but then I stopped to do music. Um, and so I was in living in New Orleans, living next door to my brother Diesel, who's a music producer. And before he was even Diesel, we lived in what is known as a shotgun house. So he lived on one side, I lived on the other side. And we would make music, play chess and watch movies every day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I think about this moment a lot. And one particular day, we fin we made music, um, we played chess, and we popped in the movie, and he popped in Devil in the Blue Dress, right? Now, of course, you know, traditionally, we're all Denzel Washington dudes, and he, you know, and rightfully so, Denzel Washington is forever that dude. But it was Don Cheadle's performance that captivated my mind, and I go, I say out loud, Floyd, Lord, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then a week later, uh, no, that Sunday in church, a woman walks up to me and goes, her name is Tasha Horn Smith. Uh, shout out to her. She goes, I'm starting up an agency. Um, do you want to do, do you want to act? I said, yes. And then from there, immerse myself in theater. Shout out to my pastor at the time, uh, A. Michael Shaw. He uh, <laughs> he had this show. And it was uh, uh, it was amazing, and that's where I started cutting my teeth at, and then immersed myself in theater, and then the film started dropping. Katrina happened, moved to L.A., then moved back to Philly, and immersed myself even more theater with everybody that we know: the Brian Anthony Wilsons, the Ozzies, the you know the theater and the X Cats. Uh, Carlo, shout out to Carlo, shout out to Walt, and shout out to Cash Goins, who is just. You know, shout out to all, you know, there's too many Philly people. Shout out to Phil Brown. Shout out to Dice and all of them. And there you have it. And then I meet you along the way. Okay, which is which is which is phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. So let's go back to the music. What what type of music were you were you making at the time? Um I think what was at the time, you know, I think I guess our version of soul music, okay. you know. Um, I studied a little jazz piano and and things of that nature. Um, and so we were, you know, we were making that type of music, you know, because at that time in New Orleans, it was just, it was just a vibe going on. A lot like probably what was going on in, in, in Philly around that time, <laughs> around the early 2000s. Okay. So you, you, you end up going to Howard University mm -hmm. to, to study music mm -hmm. and business. So, so now why, why Howard? I mean, you know, you're, oh, there was no other choice. Okay. <laughs> it was it was you no know, because my sister actually uh shout out to my sister what up kai um she went to howard first and um when if anybody knows anything about Howard universities man the, the the homecomings are just legendary i mean their roster 
of people are legendary. Toni Morrison, the whole nine. So for me, there was no other choice, particularly after going to uh, one of her homecomings. I was like, I'm not going to any other school. All of my other friends were <laughs> applying to like 10 different schools, only applied to really two. One to Howard University and, and two to Cheney, just so my mom would stop, you know, nagging me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there was no other school. Okay. So then you 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 do the acting where you you get with the agency in New mm -hmm. Orleans, correct? I don't want to get mm -hmm. that wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. So so what were you just basically doing? Local plays, things like that? Yeah, I was uh this is how this is what I did. I did local, I did it was one local play. Mm -hmm. Um that was it was at the church I was going to. But then what I started, I started being super obsessed with film. So I got a library card. And because there were no acting classes around at this particular time, we're talking about the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking in the, in the, how can I place it? In the, the Master P uh, Young Money, or not Young Money, but the uh, Cash Money phase, right? Okay. So, yeah, I, I went to the library, and this is the DVD era, and I started watching movies by the decade, 20s, 30s, 40s, mm -hmm. the 50s, and I just started studying film, what I liked what I didn't like, you know, what worked for me, what didn't work for me, um, who was in my type. And I just started really studying film. And I think that advanced me because, you know, I, I started studying first because there were no classes. So anybody that ever comes to my classes or know me, like I, you know, I studied and that's what, that's what got me started. Okay. So then you, now, did you go to, you went to Howard after that? So now did they have theater at Howard? Because you know, say you, you, you I actually went to Howard before that, so they didn't. Okay. So I, I didn't make the decision to do acting when I went to Howard. It was it was music, and because they didn't have at that time a music business program, because I wanted to be like an A and R. You know, okay. what I mean, I wanted to find the talent, develop talent, own my own, do my own label thing while I make music and things of that nature. So they didn't have that. They didn't have that offered at the time. So they gave mm -hmm. me. Uh, I was in School of Fine Arts, and then you know took classes you know, the business classes while I'm in school would be. And they just kind of combined it, you know. Okay. To the, yeah. Oh, so then you do the, and then you decided to do the acting thing. Right. So let me, let me ask you a question because you know what? I saw Devil in the Blue Dress and I absolutely love Don Cheadle's role. So what was it mm -hmm. about that particular role that resonated with you? Because it, it to see, well, I'm going to let you answer that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just electric. He popped on screen. He was fully committed to his character. I don't want to sound actory, but like I believed who he was. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He, you know, he was smooth. He had on a hat. He came in and he was just, it was, it was his eyes. It was the commitment to what he was doing. It's just when he shot the dude, you know what I mean? It was just, and then he was honest when, when he, you know, so he got blood on my coat easy. It's the damn good coat. And he goes in and he washes it off. So he, exert, he exerted so much power in one scene. And then it was the second scene that really had me locked in because now he's submitted to his friend. Come on, easy. I'm I'm, I'm gonna try to do right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, this, <laughs> right. It didn't work, but it was that dichotomy that he showed that was like, yo, just that range. I was like, yo, that was, and it was, Every, and then the scene at the table when he was drunk, he was just he was just committed in a way mm -hmm. that I haven't seen before. 
And then when he was getting old boy drunk, you know, because he had lost his girl, he didn't just pour the drink. He poured it like, you know, he was telepathically communicating to Denzel's character, like, yeah, go on, we're going to get him drunk. We know what we're here for. And without saying the word, I read the whole scene and I was like, yo, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to communicate with 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 nothing. Like I want to do do what it did to me. I want to do that to people. Hmm. Yeah. The one thing that I really liked about him in that film was the fact that he was such a powerful character because of where and when that movie was set. Yeah. And for him to be that type of man in that type of environment at that time spoke volumes. He was like, I don't give a flying about these <laughs> right, right, people. Right, right. You right. see what I'm saying? And right. he, he just didn't care. And that that really, that really, really resonated with me. So let's mm-hmm. fast forward. So mm-hmm. you're in Philly mm-hmm. and you you enter Freedom Theater. Now, mm-hmm. how, how did that happen? Had you heard about Freedom Theater upon arriving? Because I'm, I'm you're you're, you're kind of immersed in the acting thing now, and then you get yeah. to Philadelphia. So how did that how did that transpire? So when when I moved from DC, uh, when I moved from DC, it wasn't until like the I want to say I got involved in like the tenth grade. Okay, uh, because my mom was trying to supplement. Like the school I was in before was a private school. I got kicked out. Shout out to Friend Select. <laughs> you got kicked out of Friend Select. It was it was it was a it was a, it was a hardcore transitionary time. I mean, okay. it was the age of public enemy. You know what I'm saying? I was just screaming that, and I had a whole lot of just but no balance. So okay. you know what I mean? So I was screaming, "Fight the power!" But my algebra grades sucked. <laughs> <laughs> My grades was trash, so I didn't have any substance to balance the, you know what I'm saying, to battle the radicalness. And so they were like, uh, sandwiches? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kicked me out. So then, but I was still, because in D.C., it was all about the performing arts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was heavily immersed in the performing arts in D.C. So my mom wanted to supplement that. And so quite naturally, when it comes to theater and, and children and, and performing arts and theater, you in Philly, plus we grew, you know, my mom moved to North Philly. So if you're in North Philly, there's only one stop to go. There's only one place to go is Freedom Theater. And so I went through there. And then uh, when I finally came back to Philly after being in L.A. or what have you, um, you know, I decided to, I was like, okay. And then I, and I'd already started doing like outreach work in New Orleans with the love clubs or what have you. And so I wanted to keep it going. And I saw, you know, what, you know, um, you know, the, the help that freedom theater needed at the time. And then, you know, I'm grown now having some world experiences. And so I wanted to get involved in freedom theater and, you know, we did that. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about a film that you were in. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal film by a good brother, Scott Dennis. Shout out to Scott. Shout uh, out to Scott. You know, he has had some pretty, pretty good people in that movie. Yeah. Myra's Angels. That yeah. was that was a phenomenal role, mm-hmm. brother. You you really, you know, you 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 put Thank it down you. in in that film. Mm-hmm. What was your preparation like for, for that for that movie? Uh my preparation for that movie was a couple of different things. One, um, the character 
what I knew early was he was addicted to some kind of way he got addicted to heroin, right? Um, which I had to, of course, figure out. Um, and then he was a street dude. And so I had, you know, growing up with North Philly, you know, you're, you know what I'm saying, you there, you may not participate, but you there, but you know what it is. And, you know, we, we have people, we have these experiences. And uh, one of the things that I, I learned by watching Johnny Hobbs and talking to my brother Kazir was, one, most people play the profession and not the personality of the character. You know what I mean? So I wanted to get to who he was as a human and just let it be understood that these were his circumstances. That was the first part. The second part was, okay, he has this addiction and why? Without giving giving the story too much away, um, you know, that was just a trigger point. My backstory was that he got into a car accident because he got drunk from guilt because of a certain event that turns the story. And then you know, the the Oxycontin that they give you, the pain medicines that they give you in the hospital are not enough. You know what I mean? And so you get addicted to that and it gets too expensive. So the next thing you go to or the the the, the pathology of addiction, you know, leads you to heroin. And then I started studying. So I heard this quote and, it, and that was a quote that drove me. It said, uh, people don't get high to get high. They get high to, you know, get away from a low. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let me investigate that low. What is his low? You know what I mean? I didn't want to play the the obvious him high. I wanted to play his depression. I wanted to play his mm-hmm. guilt. I want, you know what I'm saying, his self-guilt. I wanted to play his 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 torment in his mind. Cause he's still guilty. He didn't, you know what I mean? Like, you know, even more so as much as you know, heroin makes people feel good as it's, it was described in one cat. He said it felt like the breath of God. What? That's how it feels like to certain people. And then I started researching heroin addicts and just the slow candlelight melt that they go into. You know what I mean? And then to think the biggest thing was I panhandled. <laughs> panhandled. <laughs> I grew my face out. Put the, put the put the thing on and then walked around the street, suburban station, all in West Philly, looking homeless. Sitting sitting in, I spent nights in suburban station, and the thing that made the thing that made it ridiculous was seeing people willfully ignore you. Mm. What, what that felt like to have society look you dead in your face and keep walking. Mm. You know what I mean? What did that feel like? You know what I mean? Like depression is depression, but depression has a, a metaphysical and anxiety has a metaphysical weight. So I imagine what was like 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 uh, in a Christmas story. You know how he had the, that ghost, his boy Marley had the, the chains on him. I, I wanted to name each chain. You know what I mean? What it was, his guilt, and then specify what, because that's his reality. Now, he may not walk around like, I'm feeling this way because I'm and all of that. But for me as an actor, I have to figure that out and own it in the exact same manner. What is this thing? And have a relationship with it. Wow. See, that's why that part was so damn good. Mm. Because you embodied what that thing was, you know, little, little, you know, disclosure, you know, both my older brother and sister 
mm -hmm. are recovering addicts. You know, mm -hmm. they've been clean for, you know, a, a very long time, but mm -hmm. they still call themselves addicts because they're always in that thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you would see certain type of behavior mm -hmm. from from addicts and, and they're very free, you know, when they when they talk about, you know, some of the some of the things that they dealt with. And then, you know, me driving through West Philadelphia a lot and having to pick up methadone patients, I hear mm -hmm. a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. So your your depiction was spot on. But let's talk about and that that, that really leads me into my next question, mm -hmm. which is about you starting your own acting school. Mm -hmm. Why did you do that? Mm. Um, two reasons. First, the first reason, good question. Um, the first reason was um, I was teaching with, uh, shout out to Nakia Dillard and I Can Acts in Philly, um, and shout out to uh, Bernard Glinkowski. I was teaching at both their programs. Um, and I, actually, I, I, the last program I taught at was uh, uh, Bernard School. And I just wanted to take it a different way. I saw a side of the actor that wasn't being serviced. I saw what made me how I am and what I was that wasn't necessarily being done in the way that I want to do it. I wanted the liberty and freedom to, you know, to, 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 to build the platform of my own. And, and I had a vision, you know what I mean? And instead of, you know, clashing with another person's vision, one, I, I wanted to establish my own. You know what I'm saying? Uh, two, um, and this is what kicked it off. Shout out to Dave Van Lone. Dave Van Lone is a, well, at the time was a young black kid. Um, well, he is a young black kid. Well, he's grown now. But at that time, he was 17 years old. He had just started acting. He came up to me like after his term was over, what have you. He goes, Tobe, I just want to let you know that this is a, uh, uh, that this, I love this class. This is, but this is my last class. And I don't have any money to, you know, to, uh, I don't have any money to continue. So and I was like, Dave, so what are you going to do? And he goes, well, if I'm not acting, I'm going to be in the streets. So, you know, I like boxing, but boxing don't turn me on like acting. So that's what I'm going to do. And so a week later, I opened up the actors district so that Dave doesn't have to be in those North Philly streets. So at least three days out of the week, he has a place to go. You know what I mean? Cause, and I didn't trust his, I didn't trust his education in nobody else's hands but mine. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to refer him to nobody. I wanted, and, and I felt that way with, and I feel that way with every actor. I'm kind of, you know what I mean? Like, like I know my giftings, you know what I mean? And I wanted to create a platform for, for actors to get, you know, train right. Um, I wanted to create a platform where they're safe creatively because a lot of training can be abusive. You know what I mean? The whole ideology of tearing them down and building them back up. I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because the the confidence that you need to create and get over your own insecurity and your own mind at times as actors, it can be very, very, very fragile. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we are ideally cracking open from the inside out. And so there is no greater vulnerable place than putting my ideas out there for the common section of ridicule. It's crazy. <laughs> we're, you know, as actors, we're willful schizophrenics. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? And so 
I felt like actors needed a, you know, needed a way. Plus, I wanted to create the Motown of acting programs, train actors, train writers, production, bomb. And that's what we're working to do. Oh, wow. So you do you do you train writers and now you're also teaching them how to actually produce their own works. Well, that's what we're doing. Like, I don't necessarily train writers. We've just established a writer's room for our actors. Oh, so we curate the actors. And then we take the actors through what we call and what we've developed at the Actors District, um, um, the formula, a formula, and we run them through the processes, just like Motown. And then we have, you know, our writers write. And we have some phenomenal actors, and we have a phenomenal, a phenomenal formula that gets us where we want to do, gets us where we want to go. And right now we are working on developing a stronger production leg. So that's why when you say, yeah, you know, get your sound right and the little tidbits that you drop on your IG and social, I listen. I listen because those are the exact same things that we're trying to master and get correct. Okay. Okay. So let's let's talk about getting into this game, mm -hmm. I shall call it. Mm -hmm. When when you get someone that first comes to you. And they say, okay, Mr. Gaddison or Toby or however you, 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 you know, have them mm -hmm. refer to you. I want to be an actor. Mm -hmm. What do you say to them? Because everybody has this idea. Right. But they, they really don't know the reality of it. So, mm -hmm. so what do you say to them when they come to you fresh, green, they've never done anything before? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you do with them? Man, that's that's a really good question. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> it, it it's it's circumstantial. But let me just you know address it overall. Overall, I'll say um, at that point, immediately become a student of human behavior. Watch people right out the gate. Watch yourself. Watch people. Pay attention to what they say, how they say, pay attention to the circumstances that they're in, start asking questions, become a detective. And then, you know, watch good movies and plays and things of that nature, of course, but watch human nature because everything that we do as actors is just a recreation of what people would do in real life. You know, you know, you know, act in a real way under imaginary circumstances. That adage is 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 a is is a truism, regardless of how ridiculous the situation may be, because truth is stranger than fiction. But watch life, and then we build from there. And then you know, you we ask questions like like Uta Hagen, who are you? It's the time of day. What you know? What do you you know? What do you want? What does your character you know? What does your character want? And there's all different kinds of wants. What is your overall want in life? What is your immediate want? What is a conditional want? Because those change, in the, you know what I mean, in the, in the process. You know what I mean? And, and what are those things? And just start, you know, asking those types types of questions. Hmm. Yeah, because you, you said something very interesting about real life. When I was on that side of the business, Mm -hmm. The one thing that I would tell actors when, when I was actually writing, nothing writes like real life. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Right. What, what happens in real life, you can't make that ish up. You really can't. Any right. scenario that you can think of and then, and then even ones that you can't mm -hmm. are going to happen in, in real life. So that's, that's interesting 
that you tell them to, you know, study human behavior, which is the best school of all, because you could just sit on. I remember one time I I ran into Darrell Lawrence. <laughs> Shout out to Darrell. In South Philly. We mm -hmm. were coming from somewhere. I think we were coming from an interview. Mm -hmm. Us, Karen, Karen, with Karen Waller Martin, because I think we were just about to do the award show. Right. And Darrell was sitting on a bench mm -hmm. with a pen and a pad. And I was like, yo, what's going on? He was like, um, hey, what's going on? Der Derek Hammond has joined us. Um, ah, shout out to Derek Hammond. What's up, good, what's up, good brother? But Darrell was sitting on the bench and he's like, all right, Floyd, I'm gonna get back to watching these people because he was just about to drop a new play. Mm -hmm. So he was just, you know, studying, studying people on the street. Mm -hmm. So, so, so what do you say to people that come to you? with a preconceived notion of how acting is supposed to be. You know, well, I saw this, well, I heard this, mm. as opposed to, because it is your school. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that you do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. So do you ever get actors that come to you, they've been trained somewhere else mm -hmm. and you get pushback from them? How do you, how do you handle that? Oh, I love it. I love the pushback because you get it all the time. But I, I don't shy away from the pushback. I love it. I embrace it. I, I actually, in some sadistic way, encourage it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's all perspective. You know what I mean? Like, like it's all healthy debate. It's all, it's, it's, it's all healthy. You know what I mean? Because hopefully brand new ideas come out of that. So if they come in pushback, I don't... Because what I ultimately leave people with is this. It's like I, I approach this game like Bruce Lee, right? And and when he created Jeet Kune Do, you got a little bit of Kung Fu over here. You got a little bit of this over here. You got a little bit of that over there. So it's an amalgamation of like a lot of different styles. Same thing with acting. Yeah, I mean, like like there's in, in mathematics, you know what I'm saying? Or what have you. There's a lot of different ways to get to the number four. You know what I mean? Like, so whether you're using Uta Hagen, whether you are, you know, my whatever technique you use or what have you, if it works for you, it works for you. Because the bottom line is like, you know, like they say, uh, Occam Razor, <laughs> you know, situation is we only use it to be to do one thing, Floyd, and that's be believable. Mm -hmm. So whatever is the healthiest choice for you, whatever works for you, work it. Like, like, you know, like you, you, I, I feel like you want to be the, um, the Swiss army knife of the art form, have many different ways. My way might be extreme. I'm, you know, I'm growing my face out. I'm, you know, smoking cigarettes, walking in West Philly. I'm so that may not work for everybody. Mm -hmm. I may not be safe for everybody it may not be safe for me, but it's what I chose in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, certain forms of, or the, the whole of method act. Stanislavski himself said, yeah, man, y'all are bucking. Y'all still doing that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but if it works for a person, it works for a person. So, and I feel like actors should, just like in life, understand the perspective of a lot of people's opinions. I don't argue to be right. You know what I mean? I want to understand perspective. You know what? That right there, which you just said, is something that I share with young couples 
that are just getting into heavy relationships or they've just got married and they mm -hmm. may be having problems. Mm -hmm. And I and I ask them what you just said. I ask them, are you arguing to be right? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to be in love? Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can't do both. Because if you're arguing to be right, then basically what you're looking to do is put your opinion onto that other person and basically crush them. Yet you're not allowing them to grow. And I guess you just kind of um you know clarify some things that that acting is is the same way. So have mm -hmm. you ever had you know any actors lead you? Because I've I've watched you know some of your videos. And you guys are very intense. So have <laughs> you ever have you ever had any actors leave because the intensity level was 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 too much or what you expected of them was too much? Possibly. And speak, probably. And speak to that expectations, the expectations that you have. Yeah, I. um, Yeah, possibly, possibly, probably. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. I, I used to early on, I used to, I used to bother me. I used to care a whole lot about that, mm -hmm. but now I don't like, I don't, you know, I care, but I don't get caught up. Let me say that I care, but I'm because you never know why a person comes for a season, for a reason, whatever, you know, that old adage or what have you. But as long as they're there for a week or two or whatever, just like with anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. Um, Everything ain't for everybody. You know what I mean? And you might just be there for a certain amount of, you know, period of time or for a long time or what have you. But, you know, however long you're there, you know, I'm going to give it it's my expectation. I'm going to give it my all 100 percent. Number two, my expectation is to answer your question is honest effort. I just want to I just want to see you, you know, what I mean, try. I want to see you work. You know what I mean? I want to. You may not you your growth may not be, you know, oh, you're off to the moon. It may be very small and very incremental. I don't care. I don't care if you have a horrible day of class. And but if you work hard, it's, it's, it's like what Philly taught me. If you work hard, you put all your all win, lose or draw, put your all out on the court. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a thing, you know, Philadelphia taught me to respect and understand and embrace. So that's all I want to see. You know what I mean? I want to see a student work hard. I want to see a student, you know, give their, you know, give their all. And it may not necessarily be what somebody else may see. So a lot of times I'll say when a student may not do as well as they thought they wanted to do in the scene or a monologue or through their exercises or what have you, I'll say good work. And they'll be like, well, what are you talking about? You dogged my whole, <laughs> you dogged my whole performance. No, but what I did is see you work. You put in good work. You know what I mean? You tried. You may not have, but that effort was there because that effort will lead and it'll generate and more effort and you'll have your a, a lot of oh and it'll come together and then the next time you you get at it the next time you get you're going to get it you know what i mean i you as an instructor it's important to be patient in another student's process hmm. you know what i mean and and yeah yeah and and that's that's interesting because the thing about because and everyone, everybody wants to get to that thing very quickly. Mm -hmm. 
And it never works that way mm -mm, because all. what you're teaching them is it's a slow building process. Yeah, man. Because if you look at a construction site, you may pass that construction site on your way to work for six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. And right. the first time you drive by the construction site, it's just a bunch of weeds. The next time you drive by the construction site, they digging up the ground. The next right. time you drive by, they they doing some things and they they pouring some concrete. The next time you drive by, ain't nobody there because they let the concrete dry. Then the next time you drive by there, they driving pillars into the ground. Right. That's the same thing with acting. Yes, You're sir. building them, but sometimes they don't see that. So the fact that you encourage them and tell them good work, and they're like, well, "What are you talking about?" And it's interesting. I was listening to John Maxwell and James Clear today. Mm -hmm. James Clear wrote a book, Atomic Habits. I was I have it, but I couldn't find it. And he talked about the fact that you can keep doing a thing and not see a difference. He talked, I'll give you what he talked about. He talked about an ice cube and he said, you could be in a room with an ice cube and it's 25 degrees Celsius. Mm -hmm. You could turn it up a degree, you could turn it up a degree and you keep turning up and you don't see a change. And then you turn the temperature to 30, 34 degrees Celsius and the ice cube starts melting. But what he was saying was the ice cube was slowly melting the entire time. Right. But when it hit that 34 degrees, that was the catalyst for the change. Right. Which which was always taking place. But that was the tipping point. So do right. you see that with actors when you, you, you see them? And then what happens when they hit that aha moment? When, when they've been at that 25 degrees and the 26 degrees, but then they hit that 34 degrees. What's that like? You, it's number one, it's exhilarating because it lets you know that you ain't crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, number two, you, you see a growth spurt. Like, wow. You know what I mean? And that's really, really fun to see because now you get a chance to see what hopefully as an instructor you've seen all along. And now it's coming to fruition. And now you see that student getting in contact with that feeling and you see him blossom and, you know, like it makes you feel good because you were allowed to be a part of that process. Like it's a humbling thing. Like I really feel like God allows me to be a part of that process. Because can you imagine this, the, the, this, the, the celebrities or the artists or the actors that we love that inspired us? not having somebody to, you know, uh, be with them in their process. You know what I mean? Like there are kings and there's king makers. And I really enjoy, I'm a, I'm a king, don't get twisted. You know what I'm saying? But I like being a king maker. And in a lot of ways, again, like Bruce Lee, you know, Bruce Lee kicked a whole lot of ass, <laughs> but he was, he also instilled. And I think that's important. And you know what's interesting? The people, <laughs> if they looked at it in this way, you kicked my ass, but can I ask you a question? How did you do that move? Right. And if more people would approach it from, from that standpoint, yeah, I lost, but there's so much I can learn from the loss. I'm mm. not only learning what not to do, if, if mm -hmm. I'm peeping you and I'm watching your moves, I'll say, okay, so if I want to be a winner, that's what I have to do. But let's talk really quickly about how do you approach 
with your actors the conversation of professionalism because your actors have been in some films mm -hmm. and i'm you know what's that conversation like when 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 they're going on auditions you know do do you give them any advice on you know this is the way to act this is you know the time you should show up so so yeah. what's that process like yeah uh shoot we go through all of it you know what i mean and i think i think what helps is having one i know for me specifically um having like an amazing squad with you, right? So, you know, that that serve as amazing examples of what the art form is in, in the craft. So with that being said, like I want to shout out um, Christine Dancy, Tyler Jones in the Philly location, and then my partners down here, um, Antonia Nicole and Wade Whaley, like the students see these people and how they move and they are uh, so successful in their own right in different areas of the industry. So we like to serve ourselves as examples of how to do it, what to do, how do you, it's a, it's, it's a business, right? So how do I understand myself as a, a service and a product? You know what I mean? And so, so we go through all of that. Like, what's my type? Um, how does the industry see my type based on what's already out there? You know, um, how, how how does my particular skill set, my service, my product, my who I am, what I look like and what I do, how does that fit into the marketplace? How do I work it? Because best believe that they will. And so when they... So when we have these conversations and don't get those conversations through everybody, whether you're in Philly, whether you're in Atlanta, whether you're, you know, into we, we have those conversations all the time because our goal is to not only aesthetically make your art form right, but, you know, make sure that you have a, a, a strong understanding of the other half as well, because you could be popular and still be mediocre. We say that all the time. And how do I keep myself from being that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you said a couple of things. I wanted to run around a block a couple of times. Yeah. Because you talked about the business of this business. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when I talk to a lot of filmmakers, that's something that they kind of want to gloss over. Mm -hmm. and, and and I just love the fact that you 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 talked about the business of this because even when I'm talking to actors, I tell them you are the product mm -hmm. and you are selling yourself. So put yourself in the casting director's shoes. Right. Perspective. What and, and their perspective. Mm -hmm. When you walk into that room, what's the presentation? Right. It's no different than if you were, were to go to dinner at a five-star restaurant and they just throw the plate on the table. You right. eating there. So it's the same thing. And, and I'm going to ask you this. I'm not going to make the comment. I'm going to ask you this. Mm -hmm. How important do you think time management is when it comes to being an actor? I'm going to say that, well, I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to preempt it with this statement. It's like, <laughs> it's like what Paul in the Bible said, 
Listen, I'm telling you these things, not that I have attained them. I'm just letting you know this is the ideal, <laughs> right? So with that, I say it's, it's the most important thing in the world. Not that I've mastered it by any means, but it is time management is the most important thing in the world because you got your real life. You got you managing your business because you are a business. And the more, um, uh, you know, you understand or the more I understand business principles, the more I apply it, the more it makes sense, like down to the headshots, color coordinating your headshots, because there's not a product on the market that hasn't had a focus group to cut a color coordinate what the the feeling that they want you to have when you walk down the grocery store. So when you present your um, headshots or your demo reel or whoever, it's a feeling, you know, type of a thing. So um it's 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 time management time management is the most important because you got to manage your life you got to manage your business then there's work-life balance i mean i'm married you know what i mean i'm you look at you you're 35 years in i'm only seven years in and so i have to balance the demands of number one my development number one the business you know number three you know i have responsibilities to my partners and then four i have myself five i have my marriage you know what I'm saying? Happy, you know, happy spouse, happy house. And I like peace under my roof. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it helps me get things done because I have, I don't have, thank God, knock on wood. You know what I mean? I don't have that level of drama. So it allows me. So I like to keep it that way. You know what I mean? So time management is everything because you can give money away. You can win money, you can lose money, but you can't win or lose time. No, you cannot. That's I mean, you lose time, but you can't yeah. get it back. That's what you cannot saying. get it back. You cannot right. get it back. So with that, that kind of leads into a question that just popped in my head when you said that. Mm -hmm. How important do you stress? And I know you do this, but see, I, I'm asking this out loud because this is how, to, how do you break into acting? And I want young actors or people thinking of getting into this business. I want them to hear it out your mouth. Okay. How important is it? when you're when you're telling your actors about auditions how important for them is it to show up early to 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 get prepared i know the answer to this but i want them to hear it right from someone who has two acting schools yeah on time is late on time is late you want to show up at least and here's why a good 30 to 15 minutes early i say a good 30 I, I try to make it a practice because here's the thing your <clears throat> what you figured out at your house is a different comfort level than the actual physical room of the audition so you want to be able to get into the room or the building what have you and get used to just the, the 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 building period the room the environment period because the reason why you were able to hit those notes and those moments at home because you were comfortable now when you get into the rehearsal space you see this person you see that person your mind is putting off you're in your head all of all of all you know all of a sudden you see that person that look like they know what they're doing this person looks like they know what they're doing now you sizing people up and you're not really trying to it's just just the mentality so it's mental warfare when you get into that audition room and then when you finally get into the actual room there's the metaphysical weight of attention and you're still in your head 
And then now you're trying to recreate those moments that you had in your room on the spot in the audition. It's not going to happen because first you got to just allow the room to soak, to soak in. So you're comfortable enough to bring it, whatever that it is. And so getting there early, not only that, the professionalism, you want to be professional because it is a bit. We hate when people are unprofessional. So why do we think that people would hate, you know, you know, they, they wouldn't expect the same thing from us is to be professional on time. You know what I mean? And not to, to be professional, but you want to give yourself the best shot to be able to give the best performance, not get the job, but give the best performance. Because that's how I view auditions. At least I try to. I don't go in there trying to get the job even though i want the job or what have you i feel like if i treat this as a performance and i give the performance because you know god's universal law is if you give you receive so i feel if i give myself the time if i give myself the time to get there early give myself the time to prepare if you know and i and i give my all to move whoever is in the room in a, on it and connect to them in a genuine level then you know hopefully i'll receive something back <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's deep. And, you know, that that is so true. I remember years ago, I went to the American Black Film Festival mm -hmm. and I took Bill Duke's acting class. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And. A couple of people showed up on time and he that's exactly what he said. He said on time is late mm -hmm. and they were like, well, the class doesn't start to nine o'clock. And everybody was like, first of all, the man just told you something and now you're giving them feedback not good right not good but that is so true because when i would audition i would show up at least an hour early mm -hmm. because i just wanted to sit there yeah and soak in the environment and i wanted to see and i also wanted to see who was who else was in that room mm -hmm. and i also wanted to listen to what was going on in the casting room because you can hear you know you always want to give yourself as much grace and space as possible because you never know what may happen because you know here, here's what i've seen happen being early at auditions they may call you in early to read with someone with someone else right are you busy what are you doing right oh i'm not doing it can you come in and read some sides so you you just never know or if you get there early enough they could call you early have you go sit back out and now you have that extra time they may call you back in to read another character right you just never know and and it's the micro things too because you know you're, you're you're uh you will hear a lot of uh casting directors say this that a large part of the audition is them figuring out is this person going to be a problem on set or will they be enjoyable you know, for however long they're on set. Can I depend on them? If I'm running this production, do I have to worry about them being there? Well, no, because now I'm building up social evidence to say, and I showed up on time in the audition. This person's always showing up on time. I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to worry about any prima donna entitled attitudes on set. They're good money. They're going to be a burden lifter instead of a burden bringer. I'm going to have fun with this person on set. And that's everything. You'll get jobs just off of being able to pivot 
and being flexible and having the fantastic attitude and being a joy to be around. Not that you, you know, that you're being fake, but you teamwork really does make the dream work. You know what I mean? You are good. You know, you're in it with everybody else. You're in the foxhole with everybody else. So you don't want to come in bringing problems and why? <laughs> why shoot yourself in the foot? You don't want to be the problem. Because if I'm the problem, what happens is business decision, right? This is a business, right? What happens? And, and I tell my students this: if you leave somebody with a ugh type feeling, human nature suggests that that feeling, ugh, I associate I associate that with your name. I associate that every time I hear your name, my the way my brain is wired, I'm hearing the, I'm feeling the ugh. I'm, you know, I, I associate that with your face. So if I think about you, ugh. And that pulls me back from making the buying decision of, yes, I want to spend my time. Yes, I want to. Yes, I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anytime you do that, you are. And we it's, again, a natural human behavior. If you eat a food and you go, ugh, and you had a bad experience with that food or restaurant or product or service, it's going to happen every time any reference of that experience pops up oh, i don't like that because last time i was there because what would, how does that saying go people don't people remember how you make them feel mm -hmm. right yeah. so if you make me feel some kind of way subconsciously i mean you know no you're you're, you're absolutely right and that is why it is so important to just be nice <laughs> you can get you can get parts just being nice be cool because again just like you said for people that are not in this business the average day on set is 12 hours right average that's on the low end right so i think i want to be around people for 12 14 16 hours that i like listen when you have x amount of dollars on the line Production is behind, you're over budget, things ain't going right. You, you know what I mean? You got to piece things together. There's a lot of fires and a lot of uh, troubleshooting you have to do. And you're in like hour nine and, you, and you're behind. The last thing that you want to deal with is somebody that's not going to, you know, <laughs> make that experience bearable i gotta worry about you too yeah <sighs> mm -hmm. or you're adding more stress to the stress that i'm already dealing with as a director as a dp as a somebody in production you know what i mean as whoever that's you know spearheading and have a and 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 dealing with the weight of the responsibility of the production that's not on the actor's shoulders mm -hmm. or the PA's shoulders. You know what I mean? Or whoever's shoulders. It's like, I'm trying to get this film to the finish line. And if any filmmaker knows how hard it is just to get to the finish line, because there's a lot of unknown knowns and known unknowns. Mm -hmm. So last question on that right there. So what would be your advice to anyone who may have had a situation on a set where they ran into that moment and you know 
now people have a bad taste in their mouth mm -hmm. because of this person. Is there a way back? Do you think? You know, yes. as, so yeah. let the, let these young actors know. It's all right. So uh, I was just talking to this about uh, talking to this uh, talking about this to Christ, uh, Christina Faith uh, uh, yesterday. Shout out to you, Christina. Oh, Christina. Um, Christina. Yeah, she. We, we were talking about this. It's you know, it's your reputation, right? Like you, you know, like there's a beautiful line in scripture that says, uh, you know, um, you know, it's it's better to have a good name than riches. You know what I mean? And so what I mean by that is if you ever watch Shark Tank and you pay attention, they'll say things like or you read a business book or two. They'll say things like if a customer has a bad experience with you, then you have to double quadruple down their good experience with you just to blot out that ick. So now there's a whole lot of work that you have to do to reeducate and regain that you know that that you know that thing back but you can do it it just takes you know it's just it's just harder you know what i mean you people have to see the change in you you have to in other words you have to put in more social currency in the game to sway their mind back to it being favorable to you if that happens you know what i mean so you there's like triple quadruple the work it's like when kia's first came out everybody crapped on Hyundai's and things of that nature, but you know, they actually are now a pretty good brand, but that stigma sticks with you. Look at Look at everybody. And then the business is small. This business, everybody knows everybody and people talk. If you're a difficult person to deal with, I recently had this situation. It was a well-known actor and you know, this movie was being made down here in Atlanta and the the casting director got switched out because she suggested this big time actor. This is not a gossip rag, so I'm not dropping no names. Just know it was a prominent dude. And the executive director or executive producer goes, well, when I agreed to hiring this actor, I got so many calls saying, don't work with him. Bad mm -hmm. attitude. They're going to make your situation, blah, blah, blah. Because people talk. Now, what do you think about this person right here? What do you think about them? I got this. I get those calls all the time. Yo, one of your actors came through and auditioned. You know what I'm saying? What's the skinny on them? People talk. People talk. And not you know, so you want to so you want to make sure that you know you're you know you're reputable. And you know everybody makes mistakes and things of that nature. No, nobody's perfect. But you know people's expectations are that you that you know demand that you be perfect or what have you. But nobody's perfect but yes there's a way back and it's just it's, it's it's embedded in your work ethic i mean if robert downey jr can make it back anybody can make it back. yeah but the the best way to not have to make it back is to do your best to do the right thing be right. the type of person that you're being spoken of even when you're not in the room right i i had i was in la a couple of weeks ago at the michelle film festival and i met a phenomenal film filmmaker um, from Philadelphia. And I actually, I was just standing and I overheard them talking and they said, Philly. So I immediately turned around. Mm -hmm. Oh, you from Philly? I'm from Philly. Then, you know, um, I went on to Instagram and I, oh, we got some mutual friends. So I introduced myself. Yeah. And when I told her my name, she said, I've heard of you. Mm. 
I said, I hope it was in a good way. She said, a very good way. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want. And it doesn't take a lot. Right. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. If you, I'm going to ask you this because I'm not going to make a comment on it. <laughs> How big are you with teaching your actors? And this is going to be the last question. Then I'm going to ask you what's next. How big are you teaching your actors integrity? I know the answer because I know you. Right. But I want them to hear it to, for the folks that don't know. Um, it's of the utmost importance. It's the biggest thing. Um, it's the it's 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 the biggest thing. It's the only thing. It's the only thing, you know, because it's trust, right? In business, just in life, period. Trust goes you you you. You want to be able to be trusted to do good work and you know you want to be let me let me reverse that you want to be trusted for you know for being and doing the right thing because people can also trust you to do the wrong thing <laughs> you know what i'm saying oh i know he's gonna do that so he told you just like clockwork so trust integrity is everything because again that goes into you know just having a good name being dependable now, are, are we always that way? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're, we are, we're all a villain in somebody's story. However, overall, the goal is to make sure that your integrity is intact. You know what I mean? If you make a mistake, own up to it. You know, sometimes apologizing sometimes can be the easiest thing or the hardest thing to do or what have you and keep it pushing. But at least make amends where you can make amends and then, you know, try to do the right thing. It's the, it's, it's the most important thing. It's the because you want to trust that that chair is going to hold you up when you sit into it. So you want to make sure that when people deal with you, you want to be, you know what I mean? You want, you want people to be able to trust that you're going to be and do what you say you're going to be and do. You're going to be and say who you are. Right. Because like you say, man, this is a small business and every, everybody knows everyone or they know someone who right. knows that person. Right. It's all that that six degrees. Sometimes the six degrees of separation is one degree. Right. And it's, <laughs> yo, look, I was at a, a party with um, Eli and Lou the other day. We had an appreciation party for some things we're doing with the Philadelphia Film Factory. Yeah. Shout out to here. Them. Yo, I'm on an elevator with one of the volunteers. And she says, do you know such and such? Turns out we've been co-workers for 30 years. She's his neighbor. Now, I didn't know this. Right. And I could have been at the party just like blowing him up. But see, everybody knows everybody. That's why it's always good to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Gaddison. Yes, sir. What's next on the agenda? Oh, man. So, uh, well, me as an actor, um, I have a Christmas film coming out um, that I shot in Houston, shout out to Houston, shout out to Leah Pride, shout out to uh, that film. So be on the lookout for that. It's called Love by Chance. Um, to I'll actually be back in Philly this weekend and all next week. So shout out to, and we're looking to uh, really reinforce and do some incredible things at the Philadelphia location at the Actors District. Uh, shout out to our instructors there, Christine Dancy and Tyler Jones. If you know these people, you know they are amazing, amazing instructors and great people. A lot of what we're talking about. So building that up. And then here in Atlanta, man, we have uh, a lot of things that we want to film. 
Um, our writers are writing, our actors are acting. If you're in Atlanta, um, that's what's next. You know, building up the Atlanta program. Shout out to my partners down there. Shout out to Antonio and Nicole. Shout out to Wade Whaley Jr. Um, and they help and everybody. And shout out to Skylo Affiliates, our front office team. Shout out to them. And shout out to Sean and Warren. Um, that's what's next. Building uh, the Actors District, building that up, uh, releasing original content, and um, keeping our eyes on location number three. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Well, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to to that, and uh, I'll be down in Atlanta in November for um for a film conference. I'll be speaking on a panel down there. I'm really excited about that. Well, so. you're more listen. You're invited. When you see what we have cooking in Atlanta, we are at Trillet Studios where all the Marvel movies are made. Nice. Right in the thick of things. Mikasa, Sukasa, you're going to have to come on and, you know, give these Atlanta students your wisdom and then have you back at the Philly location too as well. We definitely, we definitely want to have to do that. So yeah. where can people find you on social media? Because we, we definitely got to have you followed on social media. Cool. Uh, Toby Gaddison, T-O-B-I-G-A-D-I-S-O-N and the Actors District, like the District of Columbia on IG. Um, if you plug in those two and then online, our website, theactorsdistrictonline.com. Theactorsdistrictonline.com. I feel like Umar Johnson. Theactorsdistrictonline.com. <laughs> you well, know, you gotta, and on Facebook. <laughs> you got to do it three times. You, and, you got to uh, put and it out Facebook. there. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, Mr. Gaddison, Toby, brother, Sorry. this has been absolutely amazing. You're definitely going to have to come back. It was, it was definitely a pleasure talking with you. And, uh, you know, I hope that when, you know, these young people listen to this, podcast they'll walk away with some gems on how to do the right thing in this business because that is so very important just doing the right thing because if you do the right thing wow the things that happen and the places your name will be mentioned when you do the right thing it is unbelievable right. when you walk when you when you walk that walk and talk that talk and you're a person of integrity yeah. And you're a person of credibility. Doors open in ways just because you're that. You don't even have to be the most talented person in the room. You just have to be loyal to, you know what I mean? You just you just have to have that. And people have, just have to be able to trust you. Yeah, that 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 is that is huge. And I've seen people that weren't as talented get yeah. picked over people way more talented, yeah. but your shit was just was suspect. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. Yeah, you talented, but I don't feel like dealing with your attitude. And you know what? That is so true, because it's like, not today. No. Yeah, I don't feel like hearing all of that whining and complaining and entitlement of what you think you deserve and not da, 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 so forth and so on. Like, no, 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 no. Not if I'm a producer and I don't. Now, there's right is right. Don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Don't get abused on set and things of that nature. I'm just saying, Absolutely. don't be, uh, you know, don't be unnecessary. Yeah. Don't think you're bigger than a team. Right, right, right. Right. People think they're bigger than the team. Look, Joe Montana got traded. Marinate on that. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the conversation mm -hmm. with. 
it was so nice having uh, the good brother Derek Hammond come through. Now you talk about a name with some credibility and integrity. That brother right there is an absolutely amazing filmmaker in Philadelphia. He's doing some amazing things. But ladies and gentlemen, if you liked the podcast, please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Floyd Marshall Jr. Make sure that you also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That is mm -hmm. so very important. We want to push this out to the masses. We want to have you um, see and hear more people such as Toby Gaddis. And so again, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Floyd Marshall Jr. Yes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple. Um, I'm on all podcast platforms, but I would love you to subscribe on Apple and leave a review. Please if you like the show. If you didn't like the show, if you want to see someone else, if you said Floyd, you should have asked them these questions. I really want to hear all of that because my main thing is I'm here to learn and, you know, I can learn a lot from the audience. That's why I love doing these because this is always a masterclass for me because I learned yeah. some stuff tonight, which is, which is absolutely amazing. So I'm going to leave the party words with you, Mr. Gaddison. Any party words? Yeah. Um, love God, love yourselves, love your families. Time is tight out here. <laughs> That's beautiful. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, as I always say, love this like a hobby, but above all else, treat it like a business. And on mm -hmm. that note, everyone have an absolutely phenomenal night. Peace. Peace, love, and soul.